Hey everybody, it's Kendall from Recording Lounge. Glad to be here. I am here to do another quick show with some audio examples um, regarding room acoustics. Now, I did just put out a show recently about uh, room acoustics and treatments and whatnot, and I've, there's been a couple of shows where we've talked about it. Um, and then in episode 55, I did a uh, hearing room sounds um, quick tip. And this is uh, episode 57. We're going to do some more room sound listening. And I wanted you guys to hear some examples of a live room treated and untreated. Now, on the last example, I kind of gave you um, just a brief, you know, check one, two, check one, two. But on this example, I'm going to actually give you some musical instruments, in this case, drums. Um, So here's what I have done. I uh, recently got in some new acoustic panels, and I am sort of messing around with the placement on some of them. And so I decided, hey, why not not just give everyone a demo of my live room? And I swear that this isn't like bragging rights or anything. I really am trying to help you guys learn something and, and hear good examples. So... Here's the thing, is that in my live room, uh, when I, I just finished building my studio, and it took me a long time to design this room, and I really played a lot with dimensions and with uh, shape and angles and etc. to get something that I think would sound good, um, even untreated. And that's difficult with a live room because uh, you can really make some very bad sounding rooms and you only really have one shot and at least I did um, and so I had to do a lot of planning and thought into the sound of the room and the shape and the size and the angles and whatnot and um, it, it's always a gamble because you're not really sure what it's going to sound like until you just finally do it and uh, I'm extremely happy with the way that it turned out and um, so basically what I'm going to show you today is some examples of the room with no treatment, the room with some treatment, the room with sort of my default treatment um, starting point for most instruments, and then um, my extra treatment, which is where I move some of the panels out into the room. I have some big gobos that I usually keep up against the wall. I have sort of an untreated wall. Uh, Well, it's like an untreated bottom half of the wall, and I keep these big gobos that are four feet by six feet Um, up against that wall so effectively it treats it but then I can roll them out into the room um, at an angle and and sort of place them in certain spots to deaden the room even more and I have a couple of panels um, that I can move around that make it even more dead so the fourth example will be like extra treatment so super dead so um, here's the deal my live room is not huge it is uh, 4200 cubic feet um, and there's a lot of different, you know, and which really the volume is all that matters in, in most live rooms. The Having enough volume, uh, you know, again, that's cubic feet. I'm not sure what that is in cubic meters, but um, having enough volume in the room is really important to getting a good sound. And that's one of the first hard lessons I had to learn, which was, you know, a tracking room should probably be over 2,500 cubic feet at the smallest um, you don't necessarily need something that's, you know, 20,000 cubic feet or, or 10,000 cubic feet even. Um, and, and of course, it's going to cost more money the bigger the room is. But the largest room that you can find generally 
you know, uh, there's a lot of different examples of, of that type of room. So a lot of bedroom, for example, are, are maybe like 12 feet wide. Um, that's kind of a common 10 or 12 feet is like the width of a common bedroom and, um, 4,200 cubic feet. And a lot of bedrooms have an eight foot ceiling, which is problematic in a lot of cases having a low ceiling, um, which I have a high ceiling, which helps a 13 foot ceiling. So, um, the equivalent in 4,200 cubic feet would be something like, uh, 12, uh, width by eight foot height by 45 long. So that's a pretty, you know, imagine that in your mind. Uh, if you're in a 12 foot wide, you know, bedroom, or I guess it'd be like three or four meters, like four meters, um, then imagine that, you know, 45 feet long, or I guess uh, in metric, that would be, I'm so bad at metric. Why am I even doing this? Um, anyway, sorry, metric guys. I, I really do care about you. Anyway, so I just want to play you some of these audio examples. I'll start with the extra treatment. Now, I, I originally was going to call this dead, but it's still not dead, and that's why I like it, is that even with all this treatment in there, um, it's still not dead. The room is large enough to accommodate a nice open sound, and even when it's treated, and uh, the low end is nice and tight, but the top end is still clear. There's still some ambience. Um, the way that this was recorded was using a Jekyll and Disk method, or Optimum Stereo Signal Method, OSS, however you want to call it. Research the Jekyll and Disk. It's amazing. With two Omni microphones and a baffle between, um, no EQ, no compression, um, about 10 feet away from the drums. Uh, maybe a little more, but here we go. So like I said, uh, it's a nice sound. It's not overly dead, but it's not overly uh, live. There's not a ton of reverb per se. Um, there's like a short little, you know, maybe half a second, maybe a little bit less reverb just in there very subtly. Uh, everything sounds nice and even. The kick is nice and tight. Um, and again, you know, we're like 10 feet away from the drum, so you have a nice sound even up close or far away. Um, the next is sort of my, uh, my starting point. This is where I usually leave the treatments and where I sort of start for most things. It's got a little more decay, um, and a little more bloom all around, around the sound, if you will. But, uh, here's that. So um, the next clip I'm going to play you is actually a very similar setup to the last one, but uh, some of the panels removed. So if you need just a little bit more ambience, uh, the, the bad thing about this is um, it can get a little more woofy in the low end for some reason when you have, like, the way that I have it set up. When you take off some of the panels, 
it, it sounds okay. The low end sounds, the low mids particularly sound a little murky. Um, it actually sounds better with no treatment in there than it does like this. But if you need just a little more decay, um, you can remove some of the panels and this is what that sounds like. So that's pretty nice sound. Um, the low mids are a little woofy, but it's okay. Now, here is the real amazing part of this room, is if you remove all the treatments and move them into the storage closet, and so there's basically only, well, there's there's a, a four or five panels that um, are sort of built in, and I can't remove them, but um, I everything else is taken out. All the panels on the walls, um, all the gobos, um, any of the freestanding things. So those are all removed, and you get this awesome, you know, Led Zeppelin type sound. And I swear to you, there's no reverb on this. Like no reverb plugins, no compression, no EQ. This is just the raw sound. The mics have not moved. So that is an awesome sound that uh, when needed, when I'm recording drums, uh, sometimes with a simple setup or when I'm doing tom overdubs, like sometimes guys will do like, you know, sort of anthem type, you know, boom, 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 like big tom hits, um, stuff like that. And I'll, I can remove the panels and uh, get this awesome sounding reverb. And you might say, you know, well, wouldn't it be easier to actually put the panels in, make it a nice tight sound and then add some reverb? Well, yeah. And sometimes we do that, too. But there is something really special about the natural reverb in that room. Um, what I'm going to do next is sort of, uh, I'm going to edit together some of these clips. I know I played them at slightly different tempos, but I'm going to do sort of like two measures, two measures, two measures, two measures of each one sort of in succession back and forth so you can kind of hear them in comparison. One. Two. My timing was not too bad. I was pretty surprised. I'm, I'm no drummer, but uh, I play drums uh, as a hobby, and I obviously have drums and stuff in the studio, so I can't not play with them. Come on. So um, there are certain sounds that lend themselves to just overall better sound, even when close-miked in uh, rooms with more liveliness. 
um, piano, drums, some acoustic instruments, percussion, often like tambourines and bongos and hand percussion, um, sometimes electric guitar. But then there are other instruments that just sound better sort of in a in a large room that have has a good sound, but um, with minimal ambience, not not like a booth, but minimal ambience in a large room, things like vocals and sometimes acoustic guitar and um, sometimes electric guitar. Uh, but again, violin sounds terrible in a dead room. It just does. It sounds really odd. It doesn't you have to add all this reverb and then it's hard to make it sound real and. Um, you know, strings in general, anything with strings, um, just sounds better with a little bit of ambience around it. And, um, I typically think it sounds better to do that in real ambience because it's a part of the sound. Whereas, you know, there are certain times you add reverb that it's not really for realism, it's for effect. And in those cases, I mean, that's something totally different. But when, when you're trying to add reverb to make it sound real, that's when, you know, which I would call ambience, um, whereas, you know, effects, reverb, that's effects. Um, but when you're trying to add ambience, then um, that, that gets really annoying to do in the box and with plugins and even with hardware pieces. It's really annoying to do to make something sound real. Um, you still got to do it on certain things, but um, I, I just never like that idea of like, oh, I have to put reverb on this to make it sound real. And because otherwise it just kind of sounds like, you know, a dry sound that's like right in your face and like that's really not how it sounds in real life you have two ears but you know you'll record a vocal with one mic and it makes the most sense to do one mic you, like you don't need room mics on a vocal necessarily but it just makes more sense and so you kind of have to create this ambient acoustic space around um, a lot of instruments and um, to me, it's just better to be able to move the panels and um, and and create that ambience using um, room mics or different methods of treatment and moving the treatments and removing some or putting more up. Um, so that's uh, that's just a quick example of some of the things that a good sounding live room can do. Now, again, I, I swear this is not for me just to say woohoo, I've got a good sounding live room. I want you guys to hear the differences and and realize, you know, what does your room sound like with no treatment? Is it not treated now? What does the actual room sound like? Like really try to listen for the room. Um, it won't necessarily sound like reverb, but try to listen for, you know, these tonal qualities, anything that sounds kind of hollow or, or sort of maybe even, you know, there's some, um, reflections going on, like upper reflections that you actually hear, like, you know, echo almost even really quick, um, listen for those things in your recordings. Try to, try to put a room mic, you know, as far back as you can from something and just record what it sounds like in that room and then put a mic close up and compare, and that should give you a pretty good example of why you should treat your room. In my opinion, a room mic should sound great on just about anything, and so that might give you some things to think about and to test. Please do some tests and do your research on acoustic treatment. Check out episode 56 and 55, and um, you know, email me with questions, comments. Um, I... Uh, I've been reading the comments on the Facebook page, of course. Obviously, I'm, I'm over there, and um, I've got some of the suggestions that you guys have had for shows. I've got some of those in the works. I'm doing some outlining and trying to plan for some of these shows um, that I really would like to do is, is some great ideas. Um, thanks, guys, for suggesting those. Again, if you have any more comments or questions, email me, recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com, 
or uh, check us out on the Facebook page. If you need freelance mixing or mastering for your projects, um, to give a second ear on, uh, on, on your mixes or your products or whatever, even if you just want to do one song to see if you can learn something, email me again, recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'll talk to you next time.